Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by StravaCraft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25 to get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering StravaCraft. Also, don't forget to subscribe at StravaCraftCoffee.com. I'm your host, Drew Creekman, Managing Editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is the team of beat writers here. We got Patrick Lyons. We got Michaela Perkins. We're talking first about this uh, series opener loss to the San Francisco Giants, but we will get into the big topic of the day that everyone wants to know about. Uh, Nolan Arenado with some, we'll call them interesting comments, and Adam Wainwright with some, we'll also call them interesting comment we'll get to all of that in just a little while but guys let's begin you know we we, we had to begin with Austin Gomber when he was awful and terrible and, and no good and everyone was just running gravel through their hair day he comes out the Rockies don't get the W but the best bit of news you could have gotten out of this game today was a good start in the long term I mean was a good start from Austin Gomber and uh Mac we'll start with you on that they got that how are you feeling about the, the, the gomb today. Mm. Much better, honestly. A lot better than the first time we saw Austin um, against the Dodgers. Obviously, you know, that wasn't really a great showing for him. He gave up seven walks in three innings against the Dodgers, and it just wasn't uh, – it was concerning. So today was a kind of a breath of fresh air, a relief to, you know, kind of see him get his command better. You know, his curveball is absolutely disgusting. That guy can pitch a curveball like nobody's business. Um, and you know, he, he really looked solid. He looked like he was more in control. He didn't look as nervous. Um, he just looked like he was ready to pitch today, which is always a good thing from your starting pitcher. I think I, you know, I think he looked really good actually. And I'm impressed and I'm happy he had a good outing because you know there's a lot riding on his shoulders, um, both on the field and off the field. So. Yeah, the four yeah, I, walks yeah. obviously weren't weren't a good thing, but they did come a little bit later. Did only give up that one hit to Buster Posey, just a single. So definitely had a lot more working, five strikeouts. So, uh, you know, it's funny. You look at his ERA and you go, no, he's he's been a good pitcher. And you go, mm, he's got a lot of luck, uh, to say the least. But definitely this is much more of the pitcher that we think you know, we're going to, we're going to get from him. And, um, you know, Buddy even said in the post game that he went pitch for pitch against Johnny Cueto, who, uh, is now, uh, you know, we mentioned Pedro Stasio a couple days ago. He's, he's now tied or actually he just passed Pedro Stasio for most, um, on the leaderboard or most wins for a, a Dominican, uh, pitcher. So congratulations to him. So anytime you can kind of, uh, you know, go pitch for pitch and, and battle a, a guy who's, you know, in the hall of good, Maybe not I very good, Cueto. but I, you know, yeah. yeah, he's had a, he's had a solid career, and so yeah. I, I like this outing from Gomber. It kind of I think you know levels the playing field a little bit for him, and and looking forward to seeing what he does in his next start against the Dodgers next week. His four seam fastball was a lot better today too. He had way way more command on his fastball, so overall just a really good improvement. Um, it was nice to see him improve in very many areas. Weak contact too, like not a lot of hard hit balls, which is, is uh, another defining right. factor of whether or not you're going to maybe get away with some things and uh, give up some runs. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of talk about the fly ball rate, and there were a couple we saw get a little deeper where you go, okay, in a different environment, and maybe, maybe you're not going to get away with that. Uh, but there are also plenty where there's pop-ups to second base 
you know, that that's an easy get for Trevor Story standing behind him when you're still catching it in the dirt on the infield. That's that's not a fly ball rate I'm concerned about, right? So you, you've got to draw those distinctions. And there were kind of a couple today, something we'll we'll keep our eye on. But Mac did bring up, I mean, you you start and end conversations with Austin Gomber about the curveball. <laughs> and Patrick, it has been a very long time since I have seen certainly a Rockies pitcher, but really not too many guys work the way Gomber did today. It's one thing to have your curveball be your primary out pitch that you're always going to in those two, two, three, two counts or whatever, but he's starting at bats with it. He would throw three, four, five in a row at times. I was like, this is really interesting. And, and it remains to be seen whether or not it will work at Coors. But as you saw today, when it is working, these giants hitters, they just, they couldn't do anything with it. It was all over the place. Yeah, he finally got to see a little of that command that he had. And and the pitch mix was great, too, because um, only three of the five strikeouts were via the curveball. Like, he, he was still able to, again, one that was a fastball was against Johnny Cueto. But nevertheless, you know, he, he was able to move it all around the strike zone, too. His first one was was down low. Um, he got one that just was almost right over the heart of the plate because it just it had so much movement on it. It was, it was almost similar to a Barry Zito curveball, how he used to get the 12 to 6 curve. Uh, going in there uh, since since they're in the Bay Area, you might as well bring him up. So yeah, that looked really nice, and uh, we know Gomer's going to throw it at home because he said he's going to throw it on the moon. So we'll we'll see you know the kind of the impact of what that has at home. But it, it's a good starting point to say you know if he can throw it for strikes, that's the other piece too. It doesn't even have to be an yeah. out pitch. It's just if you can throw it for strikes, keeping hitters off balance. Hitters all uh, hitting is all about timing. Pitching is all about messing up that timing. So yep. Gomber does have uh, a good second pitch there that he can use uh, at his will and ready. How do we grade Johnny Cueto's shimmy today? He didn't use it for like the first five innings. And I thought when he did bust it out, I just, I don't know why, like the mechanics of this blow my mind. I don't understand how it's possible. I don't get how he does it. And I have to imagine that really talk back to screwing with hitters timing really messes with the hitter when he does all this extra stuff and then he still hits his spot. I thought he had at least one nine out of 10 shimmy today. Yeah, It was very Tiant-esque. He had, he looked like a young Louis Tiant with a little something. And he also has some quick pitches that he throws in there too. But yeah, Michaela, if, if you just look at the triple shimmy, just is if you can put aside the fact he's on the giants is that's fun. That's a good thing for baseball. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I think it is a great thing for baseball. I mean, he looked so good out there. Uh, he managed to go eight and two third innings and only give four hits up. So, you know, that's that's a pretty good, you know, that's a good day on the mound for a pitcher. Um, he, he was looking pretty hot out there. Uh, yeah, I just, he's one of those guys I just always do enjoy pitching. And I know people are like, yeah, but he's killing the Rockies. And he's, he's had some very, very good games against the Rockies in the past. Didn't quite get the complete game shutout though, was an out away from his complete game, but couldn't get it as Chris Owings comes into the ball game, uh, remains. I think he's basically the MVP of the national league. I haven't seen anything else, right? You guys <laughs> batting 600. If you bat 600, Chris you're the MVP Wiggs, of the national Chris league. Chris Wiggs, MVP. <laughs> Why wasn't he the number one pick in your, who's your dude draft, Michaela? That's, that's my only question for you. I'm now. seriously regretting it. I am questioning everything at this point in my life. Uh, but it was nice to see a little spark there after getting shut down. The Rockies did bring the tying run to the plate. 3-1. I asked Buddy about the game. I know there's not uh, after the game. There aren't really moral victories here, but, you, you know, guys, 
what he said was that, you know, I like that we were in it to the, to the end there, that we brought that tying line to the plate, that we did make them bring in the closer, that we had all of that and that there was an opportunity to win the ball game. So it's less about, Hey, we're stoked that we messed up the shutout in the complete game and more Patrick, like, yeah, we were, we were actually after getting dominated all afternoon, we were right there. One swing from, from Hilly and we know he's got it in him. Yeah, it got fun. We, we we talked about the last couple years this idea that you know uh, you win you win a third of the games, you lose a third of the games, and it's a, what happens in the the other one third that's kind of the difference. And unfortunately, again, the Rockies are are playing deep into these games. You know, their run differential isn't that bad. So again, you could their win loss record is is going to be you know obviously not uh, not one of the best in the in, in the league. But but as far as what they've been able to give up. And what they've been able to score, it's not a, not a big difference. So they're not getting blown out like you might think. So a loss is a loss, but they're they're battling up to the end. Um, and I think it's, it's funny because I, I put a poll out on Twitter, and most fans would rather see a Johnny Cueto shutout, right? I, I think the team would rather break that up, of course, and you, and you saw that, and they're battling, and, and they've got to do it every single at-bat. Um, and, and so what they would rather not see is Jake McGee coming in for the one out save and you go ah both choices are gross but you know what hey johnny cueto you beat us it's your home opener we know how important it is to the giants fans okay fine you can have that one you can move on you you want to be beaten by johnny cueto you don't want to get beaten by jake mckee yeah i mean you know one out i'm not It'd be fine. It would have been, been great poetic justice if he'd have given up the game-tying home run, though. <laughs> so there's a party that goes, he's very capable. We all know he's very capable. We'll see what kind of season he ends up having. Uh, but, yeah, that kind of storyline's all over that that final inning, right? And, and that's what's interesting, Patrick. We keep talking about this. Sorry, folks, it's the storyline of the year. It's like how entertaining and interesting are the Rockies going to be? We know they're not going to win a ton of games. This might have been the most kind of basic – I don't want to say boring game of the season, but the, not a lot of offense on either side. You know, the pitcher watching the pitchers was what was to be entertaining about this game. And then that, that final inning, because even the way that the giants scored their runs with like four walks in an inning and a double right. from Brandon, like that wasn't even didn't really feel like you made them earn it. That's bad. If, if this was any other season or I shouldn't say any other, if this was 17 and 18 and I was out here saying, I expect the Rockies to be good. I'd be all over the bullpen right now for those walks. That's inexcusable. Uh, but you know, they're right now they're just looking for who can hang and that room <laughs> and Mac, that, that question, <laughs> the answer to that remains to be seen. I, I just think the Rockies have a big left-handed reliever problem. I mean, uh, they, they don't have one that exists. Is, yeah. is that a problem? Yeah, they went through twenty twenty okay with, today, but yeah, they went but, through twenty twenty with like no lefty reliever. Um, I guess they used Tyler Kinley as a left-handed reliever, considering, um, you know, the only like his batting average, the batting average against him for lefties was like almost one hundred. I think it, right. yeah, it was really low. So I guess Tyler Kinley was their right-handed left-handed That's reliever right. last year. That's exactly um, right. <laughs> but I just don't think like any of his lefty magic really carried into this season. Um, and it just, oh, it hurt. It hurt to watch, you know, I, not that Austin Gomber's performance was wasted, but it just felt like oh, it just. It could have gone a different way, right? It could have right. gone a different way. 
it was frustrating to watch. And I understand Buddy's reasoning for bringing in Tyler because, you know, he did so well against lefties last season and they, they needed someone to, you know, get all those lefties out in the lineup again today. But it just, whew. Yeah, <laughs> my, and I, my, I will my blood say, pressure was like through the roof. <laughs> I don't, uh, I really like Tyler Kinley as a pitcher in certain, um, in certain situations. I will say when he came in with two guys on and, and nobody out, uh, because he has a very herky-jerky, he has a very violent delivery, very violent pitches. His slider just kind of goes where it goes. His fastball, sometimes he's got command of it, sometimes he doesn't. It's very difficult to line up when he's on, but he'll dirt a slider. He'll dirt five sliders before the, anybody else in the bullpen will will put one in the dirt that, that they don't want to. And so I just thought that was an interesting spot for him again in, in a year where I'm expecting or hoping for the Rockies to be competitive. I'm probably being a lot more critical of that move. Maybe even would have asked buddy about it after the game, like Kinley can get wild. And right there, what you need is a ground ball, get out of that inning, make sure that Gomber doesn't get those runs charged to him. And then you hand Kinley a clean inning that way, if it takes him 10, 12 pitches for him to find his slider, he walks the first guy it's not loading the bases. And and that's where I thought, hmm, interesting guy for the spot. That said, you can't go to Yancy Almonte. Can I just say, though? Single. Yeah. Can I just throw this out here? The three batter minimum rule really pisses me off. I hate it. I would have pulled Kinley after he gave up uh, that two run double to Brandon Crawford. I would have been like, nope, thank you very much. Good effort. Have a good day. Go sit down. Like, And the fact that they couldn't just because of the three batter minimum rule, just like, Oh, it really pisses me off. I hate that rule. I, oh, oh my God. Of all of the newer rules, of all of the new rules that they've kind of implemented in the last two years, that's the one that uh, doesn't really have a lot of legs to to stick around. There's really not too much benefit as as far as what they were hoping to do. You understand. And there's still even workarounds because Ben Bowden didn't, there was no three batter minimum for him. Again, it was because he ended an inning, but it's the same general, you know, kind of concept and managers pitchers are just not a big fan and so if they can tweak enough things uh to kind of shorten uh the length of game or just make it where there's more contact on the ball less strikeouts just so the game's a little more compelling you can kind of give that one back so that you don't have to have that three batter minimum where because in no other sport can you say oh i can't take this guy out oh it's because you don't have a backup no, no, we we, yeah, have a we can't take him out because the league says no. We actually have a specialized area where we only <laughs> keep guys who can do what that guy is Hello, doing. However, specialist. we can't use those guys. By the well, way, I mean, did anybody notice uh, where those guys were located today in San Francisco at Oracle Park? Oh, I didn't see that. No. They were in center where? field, weren't they? They're, well, right. They're new bullpens, right? They, yeah. they removed the, the bullpens that were on the field. They got rid of those. They put them out Good, in because that's center insane. field. Yeah, yeah. Definitely take a look at uh, at, at at some of the reports that, that have been out there. You, they invest a lot of money. They converted like an old player's garage into uh, into a gym and a little facility for them to use. And uh, it'll be interesting when fans party are allowed deck. to go in no. because no no party deck. Um, but you can like stand right over the the bullpen, kind of like in Philadelphia. So that will be really interesting when they open that up because that's going to make it quite a challenge for visiting pitchers when, when they're warming up. But uh, it was good that no one tripped on the mound today. We didn't have to worry about that issue. Yeah. Would either of you have left Tyler in after that two-run double? I would have given him another batter by that I point. I think, yeah. The first I base mean, open. Yeah, right. 
Um, yeah, I think so. Um, but but I, I see where you're at. I, I, I and, think letting him try to finish it out there is. But and going back to that bullpen business, because they moved them behind home plate, they actually had to move the fences in like eight feet in one area, five feet in another area. And there was some debate I heard on one of the broadcasts about because that ball was kind of in that triple triples alley area. And that could have been a basis clearing triple, um, you know, under the old dimensions. Again, eight feet. Yeah. How much of a difference could that be? Maybe enough. But, uh, you know, in a, in a way, Kinley might have gotten a bit of a gift there if you think about it. Yeah. All right, Jacob, I don't know what you're trying to start here. <laughs> First of all, thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, but what do we got to do to get Drew and George like Rudo? So Drew does have an allergy to denim. So I think he's more into the tankini. Michaela, can you confirm? Is he more of a tankini guy? I could see it. Maybe like a male romper kind of guy, a romper. Oh, Wow. Um, Tommy Hilfinger overalls, maybe no T underneath. Okay. Right. I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't know what exactly we'll need to, there'll have to be a lot more super chats and, and more manscape <laughs> yes. jokes and all of that. Uh, we'll figure something out. I'm sure of it. Uh, speaking by the way of our fantastic sponsors, we do appreciate each and every single one of them, especially Breckenridge brew. You know, it's damn good beer. You know, they bring you now damn good Celsius. You get a 15-can sampler of either one of those things so you can try out all the different flavors, figure out which one you like the best. Or maybe you just like variety in your life and you keep getting the 15-can samplers. That's actually uh, my situation. Just keep going there. Whether you're getting at a liquor store, getting at King Supers, you can come down to the DNVR bar and get it on tap. And the best way to do that and make the most of it is to become a member of the DNVR family. That way you get a bigger one, more beer. It's one of the best reasons to become a member of the family, but there are so, so many. You get access to all kinds of written content, just more written content than you can possibly shake a stick at. I don't know how you shake a stick at written content. I worked myself into a, a workable analogy there. You also get discounts constantly. I think right now you, you, you still got time to join up. It's just 20% off at the locker. You can just get a discount on everything we've got to sell at shirts, masks, like I said, the bigger beer when you come down to the bar, access to the Discord channel. And right now, if you subscribe for a year, an annual membership will get you a free shirt and a free holistic stick from our friends at Holistic Wellness. It's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K, wellness.com. Check out the reviews. It's a 10 milligram CBD stick. You pop the top off that thing. You pour it into a drink, stir it up a little bit. Really delicious stuff. Really helps you with like the focus and the recovery and the lack of anxiety. I, sometimes I say it helps you with anxiety. It's it's like one of those things. In the, it helps you with not having the anxiety. That's that's where you want to get to. So check them out. Like I said, you can use promo code DNVR30 also to get 30% off of just your other purchases. But we'll hook you up with some free stuff just for joining the family. So let's get it done. Do it. All right. Before we get into the, the drama of the day, were there any final thoughts on the game? I wanted to make sure. Oh, and, and Jacob throwing in another super chat for your iconic stash. You and Tyler Kinley, we're going to have to, maybe at some point, stash I'll, off. I'll take all mine off and just do stash. Yeah, stash off. Stash on. Yeah, I'm going to, I think I'm going to grow stash some off. facial hair too, actually. Yeah. Stash on, stash off. 
that's uh that's the karate kid michaela that's from oh yes i know that <laughs> reference uh yes let's go so wait michaela if if you oh let your God. if you let a little mustache grow if you let no i'm just saying if you let the mustache grow does that mean you will no longer need your feminine spoon that is correct people See, Patrick, I, people don't understand that reference they have no idea yeah, what's going on you're right, right now. that's a deep cut sorry that's a little too inside Lost, basically man. It's a TikTok we made. If you're not following, I'm going to use Patrick's awkward moment to go plug our TikTok channel. Go follow us on TikTok at DNVR underscore sports to understand the weird reference Patrick just made. <laughs> I have to do the same. I'm still figuring out TikTok. So if you feel lost about it, just, just download it. Follow along with me. Just I'll, I'll be on the journey with you. It's like doing hockey. <laughs> I learned how to do hockey. I had everyone take me through it. I'll be there. We'll all go through it together. And finally, of course, one of the things that you do know that you can get, you got to get to over to our friends, Gabby Insurance. When it comes to car and home insurance, you deserve better. We deserve better. We all deserve better. Gabby, which stands for get a better insurance. You got to get hooked up with this. Uh, I've saved about 480 bucks for the year. Our guy, Eric Weedham, who designs all the shirts and, and all basically everything here at DNVR, saved over a grand just from spending a few minutes on the website getting on there, checking them out. Uh, Gabby customers save $961 per year on average. They'll never sell your info. No annoying spam calls or robo calls or any of that nonsense. You can uh, put it to the test. Just go to Gabby.com. That's G-A-B-I.com slash D-N-V-R. No obligation, no issues. They just save you money. Check them out. All right, now do we have any final thoughts on the game today? There were no Seagulls. That was nice. The Seagulls were not a major factor in this game. I, I did appreciate that. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. All right. I accept, <laughs> that I one was at least on topic. That non sequitur was on topic. That's, I love it. Uh, all right, let's get let's get into the Nolan stuff. I'll set the table. Uh, then, Mac, I'll, I'll go to you. Then, Patrick, and then I'll, I'll sort of give my final thoughts on the whole thing. But just in case anyone's listening to this that doesn't know what Nolan stuff it is we're talking about, I'd be surprised. But uh, essentially... Stuff is being, a good word, right? Stuff, Nolan stuff. <laughs> it is. And, and it, it is. And, and like I said, I'll give my take uh, on it at the end, but I'll do my best to just kind of objectively set up what had happened. In the St. Louis Cardinals home opener, Nolan Arenado, as you may recall, did a clutch thing, something he's been known to do from time to time, uh, hit a home run late in the game and got a curtain call from the fans coming back out, tipping the helmet, saying thanks, everybody, going back in the dugout. Uh, he then after the game, you know, in the big press conference, uh, just kind of volunteered the information that he's never gotten a a curtain call before put a pin in that right, so that was one of the things he, he wasn't said. asked about it i thought he was asked about it he he was asked specifically about what this moment meant to him in his career's history so the question was like how big a moment was this for you and the start of the the answer was this was a very big moment what was interesting and again i don't want to dive too much into the details but right before he said that he did say i think the biggest moment of my career was hitting a walk-off that completed the cycle he didn't say for what team but uh, <laughs> he just said it very quickly, and then he said, but I've never gotten a curtain call before. Okay. So that was said. That quote kind of got around, and people feel different ways about that. The other thing that happened 
kind of right alongside that were these quotes that came out from Adam Wainwright saying that no one, and, and again, there's, there's a little bit of un, unclearness to this, a lack of clarity, but that he had sent him and, or maybe that is Nolan had sent Adam Wainwright and maybe the Cardinals GM or they had texted about like the, the way it was, it was oddly phrased. I don't think Nolan sent video directly to the Cardinals GM, but he did. It sounds like send video for whatever reason to Adam Wainwright intimating. And again, we don't know in what way exactly that they can and should play together in the future. This happened while Nolan was with the Rockies, so sending video to Adam Wainwright, being like, hey, wouldn't it be great if we were teammates soon? <laughs> um, and people feel all kinds of ways about well, that. Well, Wainwright, so, actually, Wainwright actually said, like, trying to get a trade over. So he, yeah, he didn't say, like, hey, maybe we could play someday. Like, he did say, like, well, you know what? Trying to get a trade over. So, yeah, yeah. So, uh Mac, why don't we start with you on your reactions? Is that is that a fair like just setting of the field? We feel like we're we've yeah. got the I think so. And the only other detail, I guess, would be that he said that when he had gotten that video, it was like a year or two ago. Right. Okay. So, so to he maybe said to a couple some years. Time. So I think yeah. it, no, he said think a it was, year or two. He said okay. exactly a year or two. Okay. Which could be three. Right. That's right. But anyway. Yeah. All right, Michaela, your thoughts. Um, I have a few. This is like and... a court trial. I feel like this is going to be a back and forth. Michaela, you may now approach the bench. Right. <laughs> I just want to preface this by saying it is perfectly okay to disagree with my opinion. We are all humans and we're not going to dis or not going to agree on everything. So just because I feel a certain type of way about it doesn't mean you have to feel a certain type of way about it. If you're not mad at Nolan, that's fine. But I'm mad at Nolan. And I think I'm justified in that. It's not because I'm being petty or I'm mad at him for no reason. I just feel like what he did was really shady. And I feel like, you know, if we even if we don't have a definite timeline of when Nolan was recording himself and sending videos to the GM of the Cardinals, it's still not a great thing to do. Like if you are on a team who gave you a very large contract extension, regardless of how you feel about the front office, I just don't feel like it's appropriate to be shopping yourself around in that way. Yes. I know it happens in professional sports all the time. I understand the argument of, you know, making sure you have another job lined up before you leave the one you already have. Like, okay, that's great. I understand. But it just feels wrong to me. And it's especially wrong if he was doing it either before or right after he got that eight-year contract extension. Because in my mind, if you are shopping yourself around to other teams, saying that you want to go play for the Cardinals or whatever it is, either before, right before or right after you get that huge contract extension, why sign the contract at all? Just leave. Like if you don't want to be here and you don't want to help the team that you're on win, pack your bags, dude. Like we don't want you here either. Like I just, the whole situation to me is just really sad. And unfortunately it does paint Nolan in an unfavorable light. I'm not dismissing the failure of the front office. The front office is still horrible. They still don't know what they're doing. They're still unorganized, inoperable, shouldn't be in their positions. In no way am I saying that they're, you know, they're that this is 
because of what has come out about Nolan, the front office is okay now. I'm just saying that I'm mad at Nolan for doing this. And I'm also still mad at the front office because I think it just really reflects the ineptitude of the Rockies organization all around. And I just don't know how else I can explain it better than that. And, you know, if Nolan now is just trying to buddy up to the St. Louis crowd and trying to, you know, be like, I'm all about St. Louis and I was wanted to be here so bad that, you know, I haven't, I was sending videos to myself of to Wainwright and I had never gotten a curtain call from the Rockies fans before. Like, I also don't agree with that because he was loved here. The Rockies fans loved him. They would ride or die for Nolan. They literally would picket fence outside of Coors Field if Nolan told them to, because that's how mad he was at Breitich. So I just don't think it's appropriate for him to be speaking poorly about the fans or trying to paint the fans poorly in any, in any light whatsoever, because the fans loved him. And honestly, sometimes now I'm confused at times why the fans loved him so much, because it's not like Nolan set up a foundation here. It's not like he was going out on charity appearances here. He never even took a first pitch catch, like, or did any promotional stuff for the Rockies outside of his baseline job. Like I understand he was a phenomenal baseball player and I will never take that away from him, but like he has no room to be trying to diss on Rockies fans right now. And I know this is very long winded and I'm sorry. I promise I'm going to get off my soapbox in a second, but I'm mad at Nolan. I think he's being shady to Rockies fans and Rockies fans are the last people on planet earth that deserve that. And I don't agree with him sending videos of himself to Wainwright to show him to the general manager saying that he's trying to get out of here. Like, I just don't think it's cool. I'm not okay with it in any way. And I still think the front office sucks. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's my soapbox. I th I think we can agree on and maybe both those things to, to a degree, right? Um, yeah, let's, Patrick, I want you to hop in there, but yeah. let's at least make that distinction obvious and clear from the very sure. beginning. Because yeah. this, this is a relationship between two parties, right? Between Arenado and the front office, and both of them could have been wrong, right? We wanted both parties to right. be able to come together for the benefit of the organization, for the benefit of the fan fans, it's and they weren't able to do that. And we know the, the front office's you know, role in that, and I think that's a good large portion of it. But over time, we're going to be hearing some things about Nolan and, and we're going to have to figure that out. And this is kind of one of those stages. This is one of those steps in saying, okay, we know Nolan must not have been perfect, but we don't know exactly what. We can't even bother speculating. Now, now we've got some fodder to discuss. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that has been a big mistake of, look, if you think this is no deal, that's fine. I, I can yeah. totally understand how someone could could look at these two things and go, come on, guys, that's your reach. And these are two, that's an offhand comment, two offhand comments, basically, right? And if that's your interpretation of it, then that's totally fine. But the, the reach to say those who are angry are in any way taking like the side. And, and I've we did this night one of the trade, right? We've, we've been doing it since the, the first time Nolan came out with his disrespectful comments. So look, if, if your only frame of reference for this whole thing is I'm on team Nolan or I'm on team Jeff Breidich and Dick Monfort, and those are the only things that you can be. And that means if you're on team Nolan then everything he says and does is justifiable and you can, and it doesn't matter what he says and does because those guys are the bad guys. I sent out that tweet today and this was my exact point of it. It's like Nolan Arenado isn't Superman. He's not an unapproachable, perfect and not that Superman is, but, you know, the, the Ubermensch, if I may. He's not a superhero beyond reproach. 
And while Dick Monfort and Jeff Breidich are terrible at trying to build a sustainably winning baseball team and have made a lot of bad decisions beyond that, they're also not super villains out there purposefully trying to screw people over and, and be terrible. They don't, they don't want to be bad. They just are. Okay. So really like, bad. And so, but these idea, the idea that right now what, what Nolan and Adam Wainwright's comments are is that it's a Nolan versus the franchise or Nolan versus Dick and Jeff. A lot of people are seeing this, as Michaela just said, as Nolan versus Rockies fans. And that's the shift in the last 24 hours. It's never been seen that way before. It was always, Nolan could have talked trash for an hour about Dick Monfort and Jeff Breidich, and zero Rockies fans would have come out and been upset. Mac wouldn't have said any of the things that she just did on this show. It's not about Dick Monfort and Jeff Breidich. It's when it's, wait, we didn't give you a curtain call. I feel like we... We gave you plenty of curtain calls and we can get into the technicalities of that if we want. We don't have, we, whatever. But the other thing I, I think is, is much worse. The, and, and, you know, because that's the kind of thing where you got to wonder how teammates feel about sending video and, and wanting to be traded and wanting to get out of here. While in the last year or two, they still expected to be competitive. Whether you did or not, Charlie Blackman, Trevor Story, John Gray, Kyle Friedland, those guys expected to compete. And to hear that that the guy who was supposed to be leading you through this time that became very tumultuous, instead of doing everything that he could to refocus his attention on fixing this, was looking at the next thing and just fantasizing about going and playing somewhere else. Like, if that doesn't bother you, fine. But I promise what could, what could you he have than- done, do you think? So, so I, I think you could, I, I think you could do both. I think you can still kind of fantasize about, you know, future prospects and stuff and going to the hall of fame, winning a world series and saying, ah, I don't think it's with this organization, but nevertheless, I am a part of this team. These are my guys. These are my brothers. I am going to play my best. What could he have done differently? Then? I mean, I don't know that there was any, just not send the, the videos. I'm not saying Nolan didn't give his all as a member of, of the Colorado Rockies. I'm saying if I'm a teammate, I'm going, man, that's, it's in team sports. That's tough. I think they understand that. I think they understand that's part of the business. So we know that that happens and some of them won't. Right. And some of them are going to be pissed as hell and are today. I promise you there are guys in that clubhouse who are pissed about this. It's, it's very much like the Rockies fandom, right? There are some people don't give a shit, just don't care. And that's perfectly reasonable. Some who are like, "Mm, don't like that, but that's still my guy. We went through a lot together. I'm totally down. And there's some guys who are like, man, I don't like that you were dreaming about being on the Cardinals when we're trying to win every day here. I don't like that. And I think that that's, again, I I think that's perfectly fair and reasonable. So, you know, to me, it's just like, if that's how guys in in there are going to feel, that's how I would feel if it was my teammate being like, "Mm, I'm, I I was right or die. And, and it's clear now that, that you weren't. And that, that sucks. And I'm, th- I'm thinking a lot of his teammates knew that already. I think they oh, may have probably. Sure. So there isn't like, oh, my gosh, this isn't really new news to them to get upset. You know, the one thing that you said, which is interesting, is, and, and I think there's another wrinkle to it. You said, hey, everyone's like, you're either team known or team front office. I don't necessarily know. Again, we know, we know life isn't black and white. It isn't just two options or two extremes. I think there's a third team or a third side, and that's Team Rockies. Right. Like you want all three of those things to work together and you're disappointed in the front office. You're disappointed in Nolan, but you're still 
Rockies. You're still wearing the hats. You're still wearing the shirts. You're still coming out of the DNVR bar. All of those things, right, to watch the game. We know that. But it's not just those two things. And that's what's kind of disappointing is that you can be you can be frustrated at both of those parties, but you still can be a Rockies fan. You can be a Rockies fan and still root for, for Arenado, or you can be a Rockies fan and blame it on Arenado and, and kind of just stick with the front office because that's who you've got and you're just kind of stuck with them. But I think there is that third kind of party, right, where it's not you have to be one or the other. You can be also – you can be neither, right? Right. I think most people are. I think you're right, I- yeah. Matt, go and get you back in there. I think you're muted, though. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just yeah. – I'm agreeing with all, everything you guys are saying. Like, you know, you don't have to be a team I hate Nolan. You don't have to be team I love Nolan. You don't have to be team I hate the Rockies. You don't have to be team I love the Rockies. Like, if you just don't care and you just want to watch a baseball game, great. I love that for you. Like, that is – if I didn't care as much about it as I do, like, I probably would be that team too. But, like, it's literally impossible for me to <laughs> not get – some type of feeling about the Rockies and baseball in general. But I mean, I just think I'm more, I'm, I think I'm just more upset about, um, you know, I don't want to say his blatant disregard, but like it was frustrating for me to watch his press conference when he got traded to the Cardinals saying I was going to, you know, it was my intention to spend the rest of my time with the Rockies. Mm. I thought I was going to retire there. And then the goodbye video that he put together telling the Rockies fans how much he loves them. And then to go out in a press conference after a great performance and then for a lack of a better term, just poop on Rockies fans saying that they never gave you a curtain call. And he never said first. that. Well, there was a part, that. there was a video, the part of the video that said this was my first oh. curtain call. Right. Yeah. But he didn't say anything about Rockies fans. Right. No, 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 I'm not saying that he directly said that, but like indirectly right, okay. he was referencing the fact that Rockies fans never gave him a curtain call, which I, if you want to, Dive into so true, the definition said- of what a curtain call is. That's fine. But I just don't <laughs> think like, I just think that was a rude blanket statement and it made Rockies fans seem like they didn't care about Nolan and they didn't appreciate the talent that was on the field before them when, and I know that's how it was received because that's how St. Louis fans received it. They were all up in my mentions yep. in the Cardinals mentions in the DNVR Rockies, Twitter's mentions, saying, I can't believe you guys never gave Nolan a curtain call. What kind of organization is this? That doesn't appreciate the best third baseman in baseball. So it's not just us that took it that way. Cardinals fans took it that way too. And they were shook that Rockies fans never gave Nolan a curtain call. And I just think that's so unfair to Rockies fans because I said before, and I'll say it again, Rockies fans would do and have done everything to support Nolan in his career. And they appreciated the talent that he was. And it was like total disregard for the Rockies fans when he made that comment. And that's what I'm more upset about than anything because Rockies fans bled for Nolan Arenado. Like they love that guy. And we, we do know in 2017, the Father's Day game, we can we can debate that back and forth, whether if that was a curtain call or not by the strict definition. But statements have been made that there have been multiple other examples of curtain calls. And I, and I don't know of any. I don't know of any other curtain So calls. I don't know of any off the top of my head, but there are a couple of things on this. First of all, I've never heard the technical definition that a curtain call can't occur on a walk-off. This is never a thing I've ever heard. Uh, a curtain call by definition in its etymology comes at the end of a thing. That's, that's what it's for. That's where, that's the most common type of curtain call. Uh, My definition has always been, you do a big thing, you go into the dugout, the crowd cheers and cheers and cheers. You come out of the dugout, you acknowledge the crowd by tipping your cap. That's a curtain call. I've I've never heard this rule that it can't come on a walk-off, but 
It rarely does, but it can. You're, I, I think a majority of the time it is like during the action still happening and not at the end, but it still could happen at the end. Right. I agree. Um, but there are, there, there are a few elements of this as well. Like who exactly like the, the, the notion that Colorado Rockies fans haven't gone absolutely bananas, ape nonsense when Nolan has done big things at Coors Field is silly. Part of the responsibility of a curtain call is on the player. You have to come out of the dugout and you have to acknowledge the fans. So part of it is like if, if he didn't give a curtain call here, they, if the, there were plenty of times where Nolan did big things and the crowd stayed on their feet for a great long time. But I, you know, honestly, to me, technicalities aside, one, Nolan's not sitting there going, oh, that technically doesn't count as a curtain call. He didn't that all the way through that's just right right and right to let him off on a technicality when that's not how he was thinking of it i think is right but to Miguel's point to me that didn't even really matter it's it was the why do that why offer this up that's an unforced error from a guy who doesn't make very many of them but it was just there was no reason to say i've never gotten a curtain call because again it's like no he didn't actually say rockies fans he's only played for one team his entire I think it's, in a it's way no he, interpolating right. to go, those guys back there didn't do this thing for me. And it was nice that these guys here are doing this thing for me. And I think that's right. It's like, wait. I don't think he was doing that. That's the only thing is that that's, that's, that's the outcome. That's the outcome. He wasn't saying, I want to trash Rockies fans right now. He was being appreciative of the surrounding uh, of Cardinals fans. And so that's why he said it. And I think to him in a way, it allows him to have, two of these memorable moments because as you started off by saying one of the facts was that he right off the bat said it's and he almost begrudgingly said it i think because again he's a st louis cardinal now he's all about st louis like he's a cardinals guy he's wearing the red he's a part of this big history right and it, 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 he's in he's in a no-win situation to i guess to to kind of give the rockies any kind of credit but yet he still did it he did say that um, that, you know, the, the Father's Day game was, it was still tops because it is, you're not going to take that away. Um, and so if you go back and look at that tape too, you know, he was coming out of the dugout because he had an interview with Ryan Spielborgs. And so it wasn't as if the, you know, the crowd had kind of died down a little bit and it was when he made his comments. So again, technically it was something and technically it wasn't. So he was just saying, well, you know what? I've got this amazing memory that really isn't going to be beat until I win a world series. Let's face it, it's not going to be beat until yeah, he wins I mean, a World Series. Right. And I also have this curtain call thing uh, on a day that's really huge and important. And that's something I'll get to in a second. Uh, the, the importance of opening day in St. Louis and how that is that takes on something totally different that he never got to experience with the Rockies. And that experience has nothing to do with the fans. It has everything to do with the organization. Yeah, he's going to have a hard time making that distinction. I want to get to some of these comments here. Uh, but well, I do I'd like have to give to... my feedback to, uh, on, on, how, on how these things are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've got to do that as well. I do have to sell shit, though, first. I've, I've got to make sure that everyone Language, young man, language. I know, I know, I know. It's been, I'm very spicy today. It's been an interesting day. Uh, got the, the Colorado XOs, man. Get on it. They are having a fantastic time out there. Still early enough in the season. I think they're sitting there still at three and one that you can hop in 
get on board with the rugby thing. You're not going to feel like you're coming in too late. All newcomers are welcome there. It's a big, happy family. They'll welcome in anybody. Uh, I'm not saying that they're literally anybody, so you're fine. But no, like the, they're very welcoming family over there. Colton Strickler running the show at DNVR Rugby. Check out the podcast. Check out all the written content. Uh, get all caught up. Learn about the game. Uh, and, and get on board with those Colorado XOs. They could be your winning team this year uh, because it may not be baseball club. <laughs> uh, but they will put a big old smile on your face. And Mac knows all about a great smile. Hers brought to you by our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. Mac, hit them with the lowdown. I got you guys. Listen, I am horrified of the dentist. I hate it. I hate going to the dentist. It scares me. I have anxiety. I can't sleep the night before. I get the cold sweats while I'm driving over there. Like it's a whole ordeal. Okay. But Green Mountain Dental has completely changed my point of view on going to the dentist. I have been blessed and thank the Lord that Dr. Ben has taken care of me and has completely switched up my perception of going to the dentist. Look, Dr. Ben at Green Mountain Dental is as good as they get. He is quick. He's efficient. He's really good at his job. And he will always make sure that you are on the same page as he is with your dental care. He takes time to explain things to you so that you understand what's going on. Just top to down, the people in the office, the dental hygienist, the assistants, Dr. Ben himself, amazing, very knowledgeable, great people. Dr. Ben filled two cavities for me, and it was Pretty much the most painless cavity experience that I've ever had for as painless as getting a cavity filled can be. If you don't have a dentist, you have to go check out Green Mountain Dental. If you do have a dentist, cheat on him with Dr. Ben at Green Mountain Dental and just go there and tell them that DNVR sent you. Yes. Please tell them that DNVR sent you. We love Green Mountain Dental. It doesn't get any better than Dr. Ben and the whole staff at Green Mountain Dental. I cannot recommend them enough. No one's commented on the shirt, by the way. But yeah, I noticed it on TDSP. I loved it. I was going to say something, and I was like, mm, maybe not. No one has said anything all day. All right, Patrick. Yeah, work on the lighting there. Yeah, <laughs> I do like it. I, 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 you're representing the Nolan. Do we have some more in stock? No, I think I think, they're all, I think they're all gone. They're all gone. Yeah. All right. I have to sell them on eBay if I can make some money trying right. to profit. Yeah, no, my, I mean, I've, I've kind of been able to kind of, you know, pick and choose my, my thoughts here in this. I, it's hard because I understand why there are fans out there that would be upset by that because, uh, by, by Nolan's comments, because although he didn't single Rockies fans out in particular, it feels like, you know, you're, you're, you're bigging up the new love of your life, right? You're, he's, he's talking about his new relationship and how great they've been to him. And it almost sounds like he's saying, well, maybe if I would have had a better relationship previously with the fans, I might still be there. And you know, that that's not the case, but I understand why people would, would think that, um, you know, there's the, the timeline issue as far as a year or two ago, sending video, we we're, we'll never know exactly what, what that timeline is. Um, if I had to guess, it probably would have been towards the end of um, the 2019 season, if not in the off season of like, yeah, I don't want to be with this team anymore. Now, granted, that's a big flip when you sign, uh, you know, a 200 plus million dollar contract in the beginning, you know, in February, and then, you know, less than a year later, you want to get traded, but also what was kind of promised to him and, and what was communicated to him became much different than what was apparent. So I was like, oh no, I just I just basically entered into this marriage and it is not what I was promised. And 
and he has a problem with that. And so luckily he's, he's kind of, he was able to, to kind of get out of that relationship. And again, we, we know players do stuff like that. Um, it was surprising. I think that is, and, and I think drew at some points you've kind of uh, pointed this out, but, or actually no, it was, it was AJ Hayfley um, that like, yeah, the Wainwright comments I thought were way worse than what Nolan said, because again, we could, we could pick nits as far as the, the curtain call issue or whatever. Um, but it's like, you know, Wainwright, easy. Like, why are you saying that when he was a member of another organization, he's sending you video, right? And again, is it just a highlight of him doing something? Could have been. Doesn't necessarily mean it was something where, you know, he's in the batting cage working on different things and showing them like, hey, look what I do. In fact, it would be rather strange if he did send video in the middle of the season. It's like, whoa, you're at the ballpark, Nolan. You're hitting in a batting cage. Wow. You really love baseball. No, it would make more sense. It would be, you know, during the off season. But again, we don't know anything about the timeline. Um, but but I thought that was probably the more ludicrous point. And it, it's kind of funny that MLB did uh, get into an investigation of a player for some nefarious acts, but it, it wasn't on Arenado. It was Trevor Bauer for potentially, you know, putting some substances Sticky balls. on the ball. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to talk about that another time because I, I do have a lot of <laughs> thoughts on that. But yeah, you know, I, I, I agree with uh, most of what you just said there. I, I do think that, um, you, you know, the, the other part of this, and, and I want to go to these comments from Will, because Will is as long-term and hardcore uh, Colorado Rockies and Nolan Arenado fan and fan of the players and continues to root for him as they go on to other teams and and all of it as I've ever met. First of all, we'll, we'll have to check. He's got a little bit of research for us. He says, Nolan got a curtain call his rookie year. After a walk-off double against the Padres, got a curtain call again, walk-off. Curtain call 2017 after hitting a double against Arizona in the eighth inning that put the team into a playoff spot after a win. So we'll see if we can go and find those. That would that's kind of big. Um, I mean, that's not even just one example. If true, that's three. Well, actually, that's, that's, that's a lot. I already looked and <laughs> I also was aware of those two instances because of um, someone else who replied to a tweet of mine from yesterday. So I was aware that there were multiple cases at least where people were claiming he did get a walk off or a curtain call. Um, the one in 2013 uh, against the Padres, it was a walk off. So obviously fans were already on their feet. They were super pumped, super excited. Um, the other one he mentioned was a curtain call because it happened in the middle of the game and people were frigging amped. So he did in fact receive a curtain call and I'm not quite sure if he just didn't remember or what the issue was, but I watched the video and he did in fact get a curtain call. So to extend Patrick's um, analogy, I, I think what hurt before I even had the details of this, I think what was really bothersome and what's bothering a lot of people is that like, why can't you just build up the new person that you're with? Right. Why do you have to talk about your yeah. ex? Because sometimes that's going to come off about Dick Monfort and, and Jeff Breidich. And when he said stuff earlier that I thought was like real nitpicky, because it's like, you know, when you're talking about they didn't build around me to win, they don't know what they're doing over there. That's like the really big stuff. Like I wanted kids and he didn't. Or, you know, that's like, OK, that's a reason to get a divorce. Yeah. Right. But then when you're like, they didn't teach me how to run the bases properly. I didn't know how to step on a base and I never got a curtain call. And, and now it's I want more clarification like, on that base running thing. That I was so that weird. Was the strangest quote. That is so weird. So far. <laughs> but I think and and to to turn it into a more real point to, to finish what Will was saying, the reason we are upset. We gave him curtain calls. We went to bat for him for every penny he's going to get out of that $260 million contract and for him to get every award he's got. Yet at the same time, when he got that money, 
He was sneaking around trying to leave my city and my team. And I know some people can look past hometown tribalism and, and, and city and state pride or even the pride of your colors. And for some people, they go, oh, whatever, man. But for some fans, that's very important. So, yeah, that that my city, my team, my colors, and, yeah, my fans. And, and I'll give you one other thing, and I, and I actually want to finish with you guys, but I just don't want to forget this story. I wrote a piece about how much I hate the wave in, <laughs> I don't know, 17, something like that. The team was going good. And I got some quotes from Nolan that I tweeted out. And some fans didn't like him at the time. And he had said some things that were very similar to what he's saying now then, where he was really building up the fans in San Francisco and Los Angeles and talking about things that they do that Rockies fans don't. And one of them was, you know, the wave. And so now you can say maybe he's got a point there. <laughs> maybe he's right. And Rockies fans just stop doing the friggin' wave. But I will say that this is not the first time that Nolan and, and and he said those comments straight to my face. And I will say he had a little bit of a frustration in his eyes about, man, the fans here don't always know how to follow the baseball game quite right. And, and I thought he had a little bit of a point to make, honestly. But it's also worth remembering those things that I, I don't think we can gloss over and say, oh, he didn't really mean the fans. He doesn't feel frustration at the fans. It's getting caught up. He really means it toward the organization because – I think it's starting to seep through a little bit more and more in those comments that the curtain call thing for me and Michaela, maybe some other people was a, why would you say that? We definitely did. And then I couldn't remember it first, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, listen, the, the curtain call comment, I'll finish with this. is that, you know, I've said it once and I'll say it again. The fans of the Rockies loved and adored Nolan and they would have ridden into battle with him if that's what he wanted and, you know, Nolan is a fantastic baseball player, the best third baseman in baseball, bar none, hands down. But, you know, I just don't think that he needs to be saying anything about his time now in Colorado anymore. He's a Cardinal. We all get that. And it's just time for him to focus on that. And, you know, I just don't think it's OK to bring up um, or or to make a reference to allude, allude to what your time here in Colorado was like especially knowing that the fans here loved and adored you. And you also really didn't go above and beyond outside of baseball in terms of making a difference in the community. And they still rode and died for you. So I, I think you're walking a very fine line there, buddy. And also, you know, with the sending the videos to Wainwright and hoping that it gets shown to the general manager, like, I feel like I just got cheated on. Okay. Like, in this, it's like if I'm in a relationship with someone and they're sending like inappropriate naked Snapchats to like another girl. Like, is it cheating? Is it not? I guess there's a debate to be had there. They he hasn't done anything physically, but he's still sending naked pictures to another girl while we're in a relationship. Well, so like, well, no, I feel like I'm, cheating, right? <laughs> it's debatable. Some people, some people say it's not. Some people say it's not. It's Who are those people? Thing. The people sending the photos, most likely. Jenkins, you guys are getting away from the point. Bring it no, back yes. in. Okay. Yes. All right. We're coming yes. back. Actually, the yes. analogy is better if the relationship's over, but then you still find out about them cheating. You're still pissed, right? Whatever. Okay. No one's no one sent naked pictures of himself to the Cardinals is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay, no, but what, what I'm that? saying is that audio. <laughs> you say it again a little bit clearer so we can isolate it. 
What I'm saying is, is like, did he do anything illegal if it did happen? No, he didn't do anything illegal, but it still hurts because if you're on the Rockies and you're supposed to be doing everything in your power to help this team win, regardless if there's enough pieces around you to be successful in that endeavor or not, it's still your job to do everything you can to help this team win. And you sending videos to another team trying to get out of here is not doing that. Your focus isn't on the Rockies. Your efforts aren't intentional, like intentional to help the Rockies. Like it's just like getting cheated on. Like it's not good. It's not a good look. And although he didn't do anything illegal, it still hurts. And I'm completely fine with Rockies fans being hurt by that because I think they are justified in being right about and being hurt. And I'm not, I don't think I'm overreacting. I've seen plenty of comments on the show now saying that you guys are blowing this way out of proportion. I'm allowed to feel the way that I want to feel about this. This has me feeling some type of way, as you can tell by <laughs> the past 50 minutes of this podcast, but I'm allowed to feel that way. Just as loud, like you're allowed to not give a crap about what Nolan's doing, or if he sent videos, or if he talked bad about Rockies fans, that's all up to you. But I feel this type of way and I'm allowed to feel that type of way because what I feel is like, I just got cheated on by Nolan and that sucks. So, you know, <laughs> There we go. To use another baseball analogy, because I think you're you're dead on about that it being inappropriate, right? Um, Mac attack. I was, I was late on that. I was late. I just got Mac attacked. To use another, you know, uh, a baseball ism. That's the thing. We start making some t-shirts with that on it. Um, <laughs> but about being inappropriate, Mark McGuire is my favorite player of all time. I love him. He's he's a saint in my book. Like I've forgiven him. And he played in an era when players used performance-enhancing drugs. Everyone did it, so who cares, right? Well, he definitely did it, and you go, you, you still can't at the end of the day, because he admitted it, um, at the end of the day go, yeah, but everybody else did it. Like, he still did that thing. So whether or not players send video, you know, in the offseason, like, hey, you know, I'm on the trade block, and we know other people do it, it's still this inappropriate immoral thing that at the end of the day, when you find out about it, it hurts and it breaks your heart. And, and Mark McGuire, still my favorite player, has broken my heart. And I think for Rockies fans everywhere, their heart's broken to hear that the guy that they you know put up on a pedestal, and rightfully so, were, were doing these things behind their back. And I, I, I thought that really, it was gonna take a lot more for this story to kind of build like this case against Nolan. It would take more time. And for some fans, it still may take more time. But as we you know dig into this and we really hear like Michaela, you, you know, hitting from these angles and Will, you know, sharing his feedback uh, about what it means, you go, you know what? It's, it, it's hitting a little bit sooner than later because of what he meant. Not just a player that was pretty important. He was the franchise. He was the guy. And now he's not the guy and he's with somebody else in a way like never before. And it hurts. It hurts. To just totally overextend the relationship analogy because it's just been so perfect. And it's actually the better answer to the question you asked me earlier about what else should he have done? And it's like nothing that's, but it's basically like saying, Yes, I was sending these naked pictures to somebody else in private time. But whenever we were together, I was the best boyfriend ever. I took care of you. I opened all the doors. I paid for everything. Whatever you think it does to make a big good boyfriend. But I was very attentive. But it was like, great. You were you still did this. Like you just said, you still did this other thing. And that um, that really hurts. Just one last point I want to make. And then we'll, we'll you know have final thoughts. Or, but just for some of the people here who are uh, – 
really just not buying it and also suggesting that we're, we're trying to turn Nolan Arenado into a villain because I've seen that a couple of times, which again is like, no, no one has to be the villain. No one has to be the hero. It, it's all shades of gray. These aren't cartoon characters, right? They're people. They're human beings. Nolan Arenado did something that I think is kind of crappy. A couple of things that I think are kind of super crappy. crappy. Pretty crappy. But guess what? I personally, now I'm I'm mad about this. I really am. I, I think it sucks. And I and I do feel a kind of certain protection over Rockies fans in a way that's like, no, 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 don't come at my people like that. It don't don't do that, right? They did give you the whatever. But it's not about turning him into a villain. I think Nolan Arenado to win MVP this year, and I still am going to root for him to do that, not just because it makes me look good. I I like watching Nolan play baseball. I still do. I'll probably write another article someday about how clutch he is and how people still miss all the parts of his game. How many articles and podcasts and things have I done in my life building up how phenomenal Nolan Arenado is? And I'll I'll continue to do that. The guy's not a villain. I hate what he said. I hate what he did. I'm not going to treat him like the bad guy. I continue to want good things for Troy Tulowitzki after he moved on and said and did some pretty dumb things. Ubaldo Jimenez said some pretty weird things and, and, and you know, that I don't care, man. It's it, look, those things, it's, it's all a part of the fabric of professional sports. Right. And I'm not going to turn him into a villain forever. And I just, I, it goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning of it, the nuance of it, making this false dichotomy of either your team, Dick and Jeff, or your team, Nolan, which really we're all team Rockies community. Yeah. That's the team we're on. And some people felt like the community was insulted. Some people didn't. But I- I'm with Mac. Like telling the people who were insulted about it not to feel that that way is uh is an interesting tactic. And so I hope we can all very quickly move on from this and not, you know, I didn't want to talk about Nolan Arnado much this year. I'm over it. I'm so over it. He's not on the Rockies anymore. Like, great. Have a great day. I'm over day. too. Let's talk about it for another hour, though. So I was yeah, thinking. Totally, no, no. Totally good, yeah, and I, and I was, I'm in the camp of like, it's not a big deal. And then, you know, again, the more you break it down and, and you, again, you listen to how people feel about it. You, you can't not go, ah, I'm, I'm sorry that it made you feel that way. It didn't it, to me, you know, from, from the get-go, but it, maybe maybe one thing that we can kind of bring it back to that maybe we can all agree on is, you know, and, and I have to go back to listen to the comments. I tried to listen to it really quickly that when the question was asked, when he talked about the curtain call, it had to do with opening day and this whole big thing. And granted, no one didn't know how to get to the, uh, the clubhouse at Bush Stadium. Like he got lost. So he's he's in a weird place, no doubt about it. But the, the Cardinals have this huge pomp and circumstance. And that was kind of part of, I think, the question a little bit too. And, you know, I'm sure maybe if he had to rephrase it, maybe he would say a curtain call on opening day, right? And these fans that don't know me. And so, again, we we have no way of knowing, but it's it's a big deal in St. Louis for for so many reasons, um, and even in San Francisco. And I think maybe to kind of um, to make my point, do either of you know who threw the first pitch out at Coors Field this year against the Dodgers for the first time in the decade? Well, we were having specific that issues getting into it. I was having a hard time getting back into the ball. Oh, yeah, having you I seen the video of that big was, famous but... person that, you know, again, first time in a decade, who threw that first pitch out, guys? Who 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 were the Rockies legends that were there on hand for opening day to celebrate another year? Fans back in the ballpark at Coors Field. Who who were there? Who were the players that were there? Yeah, they didn't do anything. 
it, that's kind of yeah, exactly. That's that's to my point. You know, Giants they had Brian Stowe, the the fan unfortunately that was attacked uh, by Dodgers fans, throw out the first pitch to Allison Naked, right. um, the one of the first you know female professional baseball coaches in St. Louis. They have all of their you know living Hall of Famers. They show up with their red jackets on. Scott Rowland throughout the first pitch. They got the Clydesdales out there. No one came the, in on a truck. <laughs> Yes, he said something about that, and I didn't see that. He said it coming on the truck. I was like, "What are you?" It was a huge about? truck. All of them came in on trucks. I was like, "What is happening?" Like maybe that's why he <laughs> wanted out of Colorado because we didn't give him a truck parade. Like what? Well, it makes me think that like because the team celebrates the team and celebrates the history, the fans are essentially these better fans, right? And and they're regarded as like, oh, the greatest fans, whatever. Well, it's it's this relationship between the organization and the fans, and in Colorado. The fans are doing all of the lifting. Yeah, the team and the organization is not helping out at all for that experience, and Rockies 100%. fans suffer because of it. And 100%. that's not fair. And that makes it worse, right? That I'm really glad you brought that up because I was about to sign off, but whatever, we can do whatever we want today. But I, <laughs> I, I did, I did think about this. The number of people that I've seen like defending Nolan Arenado, who for every day of their lives prior to this one have been the people most insulted, insulted by the Cardinal way, right? Kind of what you just talked about. There is this like, and Rockies fans, I think rightfully so kind of hate this notion that other people just get to call themselves the best fans in baseball. And like, I get why some of that exists. I do. But again, I get why it rubs a lot of Rockies fans or anybody like I'm sure Cincinnati Reds fans are particularly thrilled by it either you know like it just uh there's this also like extreme arrogance especially in the last i would say decade or two that's come from the st louis cardinals and their fans in the cardinal way and the best fans in baseball i think there's a lot of teams that you could say that about. i think cardinals are definitely number one but there's a lot of teams you could say that about a lot of fans you could say that about but it's again, I think, because the team and the organization invests in that experience and invests in those fans. Oh, totally. And I they think we can it. all agree the front office right now and Dick Monfort does not invest in the fans that way. They do not invest in the history there's, of the um, team like they should. There's this uh, great Lewis Black stand up bit. I won't tell you exactly what the analogy is in reference to. Michaela, by the way, real quick, your favorite Lewis Black bit. Go. I hate you guys. I really all right. Screw, you're back on the ball again. Go ahead. <laughs> And he says, if there was, if you worked in an office with somebody every day, that guy walked in and said, I'm the greatest MFR here. And all of you sniveling little people would be nothing without me. The end of the joke is I guarantee by the end of the week, you would have all killed him and drank his blood to absorb his power. Right. It's just like, even if he is the best guy in the room, no one likes that. And so it's not that the Cardinals haven't earned their reputation. I actually, I actually have never really felt this way. I, I do think the Cardinals fans, you know, there are some issues there, and we don't have time to get into that, like the big, like capital I issues in some Cardinals fans. But I get why they've earned the reputation for being the best fans in baseball, and particularly the organization, the Cardinal way, the number of dudes they brought up who were good. They run things right. They're not the big dollar team like the Yankees or the Dodgers. So it doesn't bother me. But I understand why people out there do see the Cardinals and their fans as that guy who shows up at the office every day going, get a load of me. Look at how great I am. You know, it's like, get out of here, dude. That's why I was so irritated by yesterday is because having to read all the comments from Cardinals fans coming at us being like, Rockies fans suck. You guys never did this for Nolan and he's the best third baseman. How can you guys call yourself baseball fans? Like, take a hike. Like, 
I don't like go away. Okay. I don't, I don't care what you have to say. Like if you knew anything about the Rockies organization, which clearly you don't, you would have known that that wasn't true, but here we are. And that was one of the things that just sent me yesterday. I could not stand the amount of Cardinals fans that were chirping at me saying that we suck as baseball fans because we never treated Nolan. Well, like I have some words for you, but I, I can't say, cause I don't <laughs> want to be demonetized. So get the video taken off of YouTube. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic. I think that's as good a place to wrap it up. Every yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, it's just salt in the wound. Like I'm, my yeah. wounds are still healing, and it yeah. just is salt in the wound. And I just don't, I don't need it. I want my wounds to close and heal, and without salt, preferably. The home run itself was enough to just go. Ah, good for you, yeah. but ah, it's again. We're gonna deal. We're gonna be dealing with it for the rest of his career. No one is in the, the National League. He is going to be here yeah. in July. Like we are gonna have <laughs> yes. to deal with this for Twice. a while. Like Most it's probably, just. Yeah. Yes, so actually, think of it that way. You're going to have to celebrate two holidays with Nolan as a Cardinal, the 4th of July and the All-Star Game. Uh, Oof. Oh, so let's let's actually wrap up with this because our guy Joe <laughs> said, I don't know how I'm going to react when he comes back next. I'll be clapping but not clapping my butt off. Are we going to hear boo birds for Nolan Arenado when he comes it's out? It's too early to say that. It is. We will, but it's not impossible. It's, it's I, would have, I wouldn't be surprised. 48 hours ago, I would have said, no way. Agreed. 100% standing up. I would have been like, no, no. There'll be like one jerk in you know, section yeah. 108. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's like, uh, there could be a couple of those people, no longer jerks, in every section. Yeah, it will be interesting because, again, it's going to be the slow trickle. And part of Nolan's issue is – uh, or, or one of his issues, we all have issues, but uh, is not maybe articulating himself the best. Like yeah. in, in 2019, when the team wasn't playing well and they didn't go out and acquire players for the, at the trade deadline, he's like, I'm looking around and this feels like a rebuild. Wow. Like you, you didn't actually mean what you said, right? They didn't teach us how to run bases. Okay, you didn't mean <laughs> what you just said. You never got a curtain call. You didn't mean what you just said. And it's oh. like, just you need to be a little bit more careful. And I think in St. Louis, he'll, he maybe will get away with some of those things at times because they're going to be a little bit more favorable. But honeymoon period. But Coming yeah, that's true. One more time. <laughs> but but if he, if he says something even slightly askew about the Cardinals or whatever, they're, they're not going to bend that out of proportion. But if he talks about anything that even has remotely anything to do with Colorado and Rockies fans, well, now nah, there's going to be nobody there to save him to have him clarify his statements and it's just going to be more pain and maybe you hear those smatterings of booze. <laughs> I mean, I think it, you know, I, I think it's hard to tell just because like Rockies fans are so there's not like a clear line that has been drawn in the sand between Rockies fans. So I think, you know, Nolan needs to tread carefully if he doesn't want to get booed when he returns to Coors Field. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, I, I think if he continues to step on the toes of Rockies fans, he will get booed. And I think it's deserved if he keeps, you know, saying the things that he's saying, unfortunately. Well, we have to have a conversation eventually at some point. Like, should Rockies fans boo him at the All-Star game? Depending on what happens. Again, like, what kind of precedent does that set? Are, are Rockies fans going to be like the next Philly fans where they're throwing batteries at Santa Claus and ice balls at, <laughs> at, at the guy flying in with the flat like, like that could be that could be Allie bad news defend the booing santa claus thing before <laughs> yeah like that could be really bad well, be like no i yeah, get it you're hurt but, but i don't know that you should i, I don't know that's yeah. that opens another can of worms yeah 
I've never been a big fan of booing for any reason other than effort or like off the field nonsense. And I guess this starts to qualify as off the field. It's not, I wouldn't yet. What if we could get, what if we could get you drew? Cause I I think you have the physique for it. We'll get you in a purple man costume. You like the green man. We'll get you in a purple man costume right on the auxiliary scoreboard. And you just do a little countdown. And on the count of three, everyone in the stadium, just for that one second says, boo. And just one, two, three, boom. And then we all move on and they can go back to doing the wave, getting their hot dog, getting their bread through. <laughs> but like maybe we could orchestrate something like that. I just want well, – okay, also too, I don't want to play hypotheticals, but like can we just take a second to like imagine what would have happened if like this was roles reversed. So like Nolan was came up to the Cardinal system – Played for the Cardinals. The Cardinals weren't the franchise that they are, and they were sucking so bad. And then they find out after Nolan leaves that he was shopping himself to the Cubs or the Yankees or the Dodgers. Like those fans would be in an uproar right now. So for them to come at us saying that we're overreacting, I call bullshit because they would all be like 10 times more angry than we are if the roles were reversed. So y'all can have a seat because I don't give a I don't care what y'all think. Like, oh. if this was happening to you, you all would be having a field day. So let us have this moment, all right? I love, I love it. They're bringing the spice. Another Mac attack. I was late on the. the Am gap. I wrong though? Like, do you guys really think I that disagree, they would just be actually. like, eh, "Have a good you day"? You know why? Because they're gonna be like, "Good, go have fun over there. We got our nine World Series rings." No, no, this We're is like a hypothetical good. where they're bad. Like this is they're they're in the wrong. Yeah, yes, position. of course. But okay, thank you. <laughs> right in this scenario where everything is totally flipped, I mean, yeah, yes, of course. the upside down world. We're Nolan in, Arenado we're in, is for Rockies fans a World Series ring. Like that's the closest we're gonna get. We're like a no doubt Hall of Famer. Todd Helton was the guy. He was the franchise. His numbers retired. Thankfully, he'll eventually get in. Larry Walker still doesn't have his number retired. What? Um, I'm working on it. And no, Scott Rowland's not in the Hall of Fame, but the, the the Cardinals put him over and had him throw out the first pitch, you know? Just saying. But, right, the, the, the bottom line is for the Rockies, like, Nolan Arenado was, like, their savior to maybe win a World Series, a part of that story of winning World Series, and being the first, no doubt, slam dunk, three-point shot, hat trick, 63-yard field goal, Hall of Famer. <laughs> It's like, give me one more. And he kept going. Got all of them in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. It's, I think it is the prime example of, I can say anything I want about my family, but you're not in the family anymore. So you don't get to say anything you want about us now. Keep the family's name out your mouth. Like, like Max said, keep my name out your mouth. (laughs) That goes for the Cardinals fans as well. I love that you brought the spice. You can find her on Twitter at Michaela E. Perkins. (laughs) I'm going to have so many people in my mentions just coming for me. I can't wait. It's going to be a great day. A-Y-L-A-E-P-E-R-K-I-N-S. It's okay. I'm ready. Don't worry about which one's capital, lowercase. It doesn't matter. It's not cap sensitive. Just make sure you at me. Don't subtweet me because you you have something to say. Say it with your chest and at me. Okay? Ooh. Kevin Hart. <laughs> say gonna say. Kevin Hart. Love hey, it. I made a reference. You guys understand. Woo! <laughs> whoa, whoa. There's though. no problem with it going this way. <laughs> it's going that way. That's the issue, Michaela. <laughs> uh, uh, just remember, no matter how you feel about this, you're totally 100% valid and entitled to feel that way about it. As long as you're not putting other people down, your feelings are valid. 
So we appreciate this uh, spicy, very flavorful, colorful conversation. Hopefully we don't need to come back to this. We'll see. Uh, in the He's meantime, <laughs> we're doing baseball. The, the Rockies are going to play a couple more day, three straight day games against the Giants. I can't remember the last time I covered three straight day games. My brain doesn't. 1957. This is oh, like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. I, uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll be hanging out for the rest of that. We'll have your series wrap, of course, on uh, Sunday. But we appreciate you all. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube so that you don't miss any of this stuff when we're going live or. We're hanging out or you're, you're adding to the conversation with your comments. We very much appreciate that. And uh, especially when we get the graphics team going on Sunday, when we do our wrap up, you'll have a uh, tech boy hanging out. You guys, Romy Bean just walked into the office. The legend herself. The Find legend out. What's her opinion? Wait, come here, come here, come here. How does she feel? Romy, okay, wait. Romy, Romy, please tell us how you feel about Nolan. The comments. Hi! Yeah. Oh, I'm, look I'm, at her. I'm actually more excited to meet you in person. I know this is so great. Oh, oh my god, this is the most exciting day ever. Oh man. I How would you feel you. if you met Nolan right now after the comments he made yesterday? How would I feel if I met him right now? Yeah, after the comments that he made yesterday, not getting a curtain call, hearing yeah. that from Adam Wainwright that uh, Nolan was sending him. Uh, dirty pictures of himself in a batting cage uh, <laughs> a year or two ago, taking some dry hacks. Uh, how how would you feel? What would you say to Nolan right now about those comments? Well, first of all, I'm like, why are you? You don't need to send video. Like, we're not trying to get drafted here, bro. Like, everyone knows what you've done. I don't understand why you're sending video. Like, just go look at the highlight reel on YouTube. Like, right. <laughs> And then, you know, I'm kind of mixed about it because like I interviewed Nolan after he got um, the big contract here and he's just like, he is a one track mind. Like that guy is a baseball rat. I don't even think he thinks about like insulting anyone else. I think he's so like from game to game and all he, that guy lives, breathes and sleeps. I would say like, I feel bad for his wife. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know, does he do anything besides baseball? Like, so to me, it's like, I feel like he probably didn't even mean to like s make it kind of come out nasty. I think that as Rocky's country, we're all like kind of still sore about it. Right. Yeah, salt in the wound. But I don't feel like he was trying to be a jerk about it. I just think he's like baseball, baseball, baseball. That's all he does. So he was just like thinking about that game and then didn't really think about how it like came across. I love that we talked about this for an hour and Romy hops in with a totally new take, just a fantastic so straight good. to the heart of the issue. Wait, what, so what, what, what are the other takes? You know, my mind always goes a different direction than everyone. That's why I'm kind of weird. <laughs> well, I, I, I did think that, you know, in, in him answering the question, I think he was thinking more about the, it, it being a curtain call on opening day. Uh, versus anything else. He couldn't find the clubhouse earlier that day, his first time at Bush Stadium. So again, kind of gives you an idea of of where his head's at. And we also know that the, those videos do get sent from player to player and, you know, wanting to get traded to different organizations. But, you know, it still hurts. It still hurts at the end of the day for, for Rockies fans to kind of hear that, you know, maybe his heart wasn't entirely in it. And like you said, he's about baseball and his baseball career, not necessarily about Rockies baseball. And there are a lot of times when those things can be one in the same, right? Where you can be all about yourself and your career and all about your team. And for Nolan, you know, at a certain point, we understand why it became more about him and his career than his career as a Colorado Rocky. You know, I think going off that too, it was kind of, I think has upset us all a lot is like, we do think of Nolan as the guy who's just 
all baseball. He wanted the Rockies to win a championship. But then you hear like, oh, you've been thinking about this for two years. Like, even though I guess that's a fair consideration, because all in all, he has a goal of where he wants to go. Doesn't feel like he could get that here. But that sucks. Like that hurts to feel like, oh, so you've been out of it since you signed that deal. You've been looking at the cardinal way. You know, that's the part that's like. We expect a little you kind of expect more from Nolan in that sense. Yeah. Right now, what percentage of you thinks Nolan could get booed either when they come to town in July or at the All-Star game? We you both know, said, I, we both said 48 hours ago it would have been about 0%. Now it might have gone up. What, what do you think? All I can say is do not forget that in 2016 Broncos fans booed Peyton Manning. <laughs> Peyton Manning <laughs> off the field. So if that can happen, no one is safe. Wow, there you have it. No I just one is safe. This mic right now, like that was epic. Right. <laughs> or wait, mask drop. Mask we gotta drop. have you on for a full show soon. Oh, I would love to. I love butting my way into places. You guys are the best, by the way. You kill it every day, every week. Love seeing you guys. So I know your fans feel the same way. You guys are the best. Back at you. You're fantastic. Hey, you love the work you do. Keep being awesome. <laughs> Awkward side shuffle out. That was awesome. That just right, made I, my life. I can't wait to see who we get on at the two hour mark. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't wait. You guys want to keep going at this point. Because <laughs> actually, we did how long did we do on the Arenado deal? Was it it was like hour forty five? It's yeah. It was under two. Yeah. It was yeah. like hour forty five. Yeah. Yeah. So, also, just in case anyone's wondering, Romy and I are both fully vaccinated. Just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> if anyone was scared about that, Romy and I are both fully vaccinated. <laughs> As is most of that's, the Colorado Rockies. Uh, that's that's true. something we mentioned. Over eighty-five percent. Well above, they said. Well above. Let's Buddy's go. gotten the shot. He mentioned uh, Dodgers manager Dave Roberts had gotten it too um, during the opening series. So they're in. They're in a good spot, which is is nice to see. Ooh. I'm set to get it here in the next couple. I think next Wednesday I'm getting my shot. So get out there, get vaccinated, get healthy, be healthy. What are we talking, We're talking about? Vaccines, like uh, drink your Strava Craft coffee and your your Celsius from Breckenridge Brew. Get better insurance. That's get a better insurance. That's why you, you, you won't forget what it okay, is. It's going to snow next week. Do we need to talk about that? It's going to snow next week. Is it actually? Landscape up. Yes. Is it really? Um, yes, Patrick. like Tuesday through maybe Friday. <laughs> Mets come to town next Friday. That'll be fun and interesting. I'm glad that the Rockies, we should all do like a, what are we thankful for? Especially when we have one <laughs> of these things, right? These yeah. moments like, I'm thankful that the Rockies didn't have to open up uh, or rather be at the home opener for the <laughs> Dodgers when Oi. they got their World Series rings. Yeah, that yeah. is nice. That's good. Yeah. Thank God we missed out on that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, stick with us for the rest of the series and apparently whatever we may end up talking about on this show. We really you appreciate know. that out there. Uh, make sure you're following all the social media. I feel like I did this first half of the wrap-up like 30 minutes ago. But subscribe, follow on social media, do all that fantastic stuff. Just keep being absolutely awesome out there. We really appreciate each and every single one of you. We promise that we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons, Michaela Perkins, and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you the ballpark.
Mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.